listening to KZAA LP Santa Barbara 96.5 FM Gaza Radio only for play my team Here's a brand new song from Sparing. It's called I Couldn't Agree Less. North Carolina on the phone right now, phone line right now, or what? I think so. What's up, Dylan? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, man? Oh, nothing, dude. Got the AirPods in. Hopefully, I sound okay. Damn, you got the AirPods in right now? AirPods Pro, baby. Had them charging up just for you. <laughs> dude, that's what's up, man. Um, okay, so a couple things to cover real quick. We just got to hear the brand new sparing single. Um, which was awesome. Um, thank you for letting me play it on the radio. That's always super cool. Heck yeah, man. Um, and what's up to everybody again listening on radio? We're live on KZAA LP 96.5 FM. Um, like I said, you just heard the premiere of the brand new unreleased Sparing song called I Couldn't Agree Less. Uh, Sparing is a band coming out of the beautiful state of North Carolina that I've actually never been to, but... <laughs> um, I'll say the people that I've met from there are awesome uh, As well as a, that sick rock block um, that you heard Some Seosin, Blink-182, Yellow Card um, 
our guest today put that together. And what's up to everybody who's streaming this episode. Uh, thanks so much for all the support lately. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, that rock block, that playlist um, will be available at the end of this episode. And I'm really stoked right now to be joined by uh, Zach Godwin. Godwin, right? That's it, dude. You got okay, it right. Okay. Uh, of the band Sparing. Um, Zach, first and foremost, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good, man. So uh, today it was actually a day off for me. I rode down to uh, – I'm on the coast right now, so I rode down to the center of the state um, towards Raleigh and met up with some family – um, saw my grandma and, and just, uh, hung out with them for a little bit and drove right back. So I actually just got off the highway like 20 minutes ago. So I was rushing to get back. <laughs> nice. But man. I feel good. Nice. Yeah, I feel good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did you have the day off today or what? Yeah, I did, man. Uh, just, just for the reason alone to go see family. So I typically, uh, only have like a day off in the summer and I've actually, uh, was able to squeak off today too. So I, I kind of made the most of it. Nice. That's awesome. Super important stuff. Um, well, thanks for, thanks for coming back and, uh, joining the show. Really appreciate it. Um, so, oh yeah, I wanted to ask, so you said you just got off the freeway. Where exactly are you calling from? Yeah. So, um, I am in North Carolina, like, uh, like you said, I know you've talked to a few people, um, from some other bands around here. Most of those are probably from the Raleigh area. I'm actually, uh, about two hours, two and a half hours to the coast uh, in Surf City, North Carolina. Um, so I'm a little bit further away than most people. Um, and I just kind of make the commute into, you know, the places where we play shows and, you know, the more populated spots of, of the state. But I'm in Surf City right now. Okay, nice. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Um, wait, are, did you say Surf City or Search City? surf like surfing yeah oh, like okay <laughs> okay yeah. cool nice that's like the actual name of the town <laughs> yeah dude it's kind of cool so uh so the it's an island um the island is topsoil island but it's split into three different sections and uh so surf city is the middle uh, middle town of the three but it's just one really big island uh right near uh wilmington north carolina in between wilmington and like a military base so um very small spot but it seems to be kind of like a growing population uh but this is where i grew up uh vacationing um and so this is where i live now pretty sick nice awesome dude um all right well again i've, I've done a couple uh single like single premieres uh so and i always think it's cool to have your song premiere on the radio. I mean, all my radio listeners um, heard it live, um, and the the people streaming this episode will hear it. Um, but yeah, if you don't mind, like just sh uh, sharing a little bit about that new song. Um, it's called "I Couldn't Agree Less," and um, yeah, it's a banger, dude, for sure. Um, yeah, I'll come back to more about your band and the way the music makes me feel because. Uh, it really like hits hits us hits home for me. So uh, I won't I won't go into it too much right now. But yeah, if you want to talk about the single a little bit since we just heard it. Yeah, man, we'll we'll swing back on the on the other stuff. But yeah, so um, it's always cool to hear myself on the radio. It's like it's pretty rare that I hear uh a you know on live radio. This is uh you know maybe a handful of times. I don't know if sparing has been on except for when you played us before. Maybe like some podcast type 
stations before, but uh, it's very rare. So it's awesome that you guys uh, actually let us do this and premiere it. But yeah, brand new. So that's the first time it hadn't even come out. It's come out comes out in one week, um, and it's the first single off our new EP coming out. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be the probably the most pop punk song on the record. So I kind of chose that one as a kind of a, a good taste of what's like to come. You know, it's not too grungy or too emo or whatever. It's just a good accessible track for you know anyone that's kind of getting into the band for the first time, which I assume we'll have a lot of new listeners with this record. So yeah, that's why I chose it. For sure. Yeah, no, it's a great song. Um, yeah, I'll save the rest. Cause, cause your first EP you put out. Um, yeah, you guys just have a great sound. Um, I love the song too. Um, yeah. Stoked that you're going to be able to put out that record soon. And thanks for letting me play the single. Um, yeah, just like kind of sticking with like current stuff for the band. If you want to just tell us a little bit about like what's new with the band. Obviously, you have the record coming out, the single coming out. Um, I know you have a California show coming up. Um, and yeah, just anything else you want to share about current stuff, updates, shows, anything like that. Go for it. Yeah, well, uh, sadly, that California show uh, has come and gone. So we, we didn't play the show, sadly. Um, oh, I feel like it I, was, uh, maybe we talked about that and I forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. I, yeah, I know I reached out, uh, prior whenever I was like, Hey, I'm going to be playing this show, a program with the label, uh, showcase that I'm on. So, uh, Sunday drive and new morality zine did a showcase of program like last week. Oh yeah. And, okay, uh, okay, yeah. plane tickets are a million dollars right now. So, we didn't go uh, so but i feel like a lot of bands had to drop off sadly too so i didn't feel as bad once i kind of uh saw how many other bands were like flopping off the thing but it looked like it was a cool turnout so stoked on them I hate i missed it but uh we ended up playing with some california guys down in north carolina um from the band bent blue who i think they commented on the on the instagram post you guys posted about us yesterday so good guys california guys super Super nice. So, so hopefully we can get it back out to California uh, and maybe hit it up with them um, sometime soon. Um, but yeah, so as, as far as the record goes, uh, the new record we got coming out is five song EP. Uh, it's called No Room Left to Grow. And it's coming out on uh, Sunday Drive Records, like I just mentioned. Um, the same people that put out our last EP. And uh, yeah, just a super small do-it-yourself type of label um just uh you know easy makes it easy i just kind of shoot it over and we kind of just spitball some ideas and uh and then put in the world it's, it's about as easy as it gets um for a record label yeah it's great man um yeah i saw the the numerality uh that showcase they did a program i i thought the same thing was really interesting because there was so many bands from like all over the place <laughs> that yeah, played there, so many. like from all over the country. And, uh, yeah, program is like a really small spot. Um, but it's cool that they did that. Um, and yeah, Ben blue, Tony's my boy. Those are my friends. Tony's a good friend of mine. It's so cool. That he's he, a singer. Yeah. He's a singer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, those guys rule. Um, and um, that's so cool. You guys got to, that you guys got to play together, man. It's really cool that they made it out to the East Coast and got to play in uh, North Carolina. It's awesome. Yeah, it was a 
with a standstill and then and then and and then blue so it was in a small space too kind of it was a record store very similar size to the program so in my head i, I mentally i play program now with standstill and <laughs> so i i kind of just like i came to peace with it i was like all right this is it i may not be in california but we're doing it anyways so right here yeah standstill bent blue and sparing low-key better lineup anyways yes I know, right? I'm just kidding. I'm not saying it. You're saying it, but uh, you're right. I'm a radio host. I get to do hot takes, man. I get the pass. Please, please hype um, me up. <laughs> yeah, Tony's a sucker for like the the emo. I don't want to just say emo sound because that's not all your your band sounds like, but definitely has that that vibe, you know? Um, yeah, they're kind of there too. They were. They. I've never um, listened to them live before. I've only talked to them and listen to the spotify stuff but they gave me like fugazi vibes and like a little touche type stuff it was a way different um live experience it was really really cool uh to see them live it was totally yeah but definitely an emo sound for sure yeah no i've i've definitely uh i've got to see bent blue kind of grow up as a band and it's it's been really really awesome um great people and and glad you guys got to make that connection yeah, they need to pay us for this uh, publicity right now, dude. I know, man. I'll I'll get at them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully. Have you ever been to California? Yeah, I've been. Uh, I've been to this uh, Los Angeles area, the uh, Los Feliz area, um, just one time, and just by myself. 2018, 2018, 2019. Uh, I think it was twenty nineteen actually. Um, went out there by myself. Just never been. Did all the touristy stuff went to the Hollywood uh, star walk of fame or whatever it is. And yep. saw some movie locations, you know, just did the basic, you know, tourist thing Went to uh, Griffith park and stayed right near there. And, you know, just, I don't know, nothing to write home about. Went to like a wrestling <laughs> thing and just kind of bummed around. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely that's, want to go back. Yeah. That's about, that's about right for your LA Hollywood experience. You know, if you're doing Amoeba, dude, shout out Amoeba, man. Did you pick up shout out Amoeba? Cool? No, I, I flew there, so I didn't, I didn't pack anything to bring back. Uh, gotcha. But I did go to the veggie grill right near Amoeba, and I ate some uh, like veggie burgers or something. So nice. uh, that's about as close I can get to bring you some a little piece of California homes, <laughs> the wonderful veggie grill. Nice. Shout dude. out Veggie Grill. Yeah, no, I, I know Veggie Grill very well. Are you vegan or vegetarian? <laughs> no, I'm not, but at the time I was uh attempting to be vegetarian. I was on like a pretty long streak. Nice. Um, but not anymore, sadly. Sorry for all the uh, <laughs> vegan straight edge guys. Listen. Dude, it's all good, man. It doesn't matter. Meat's bomb. <laughs> I mean <laughs> it is <laughs> meat's bomb meat's bomb and it's all good. I'm vegan, but I still think meat's bomb. I encourage meat eating. <laughs> it's hard to break the habit, dude. I mean, I wish I could. I, I've got so much respect for, for vegan people. Uh, but, yeah, maybe one day I'll be able to break the habit of McDonald's. We'll see. <laughs> dude, McDonald's is so bomb. <laughs> There's not much else in Surf City. It's like McDonald's and the Walmart, and that's about it. So it's like, all right, well, what do I got quick? All right, McDonald's. All right. <laughs> that's right. Um Right on. Well, yeah, hopefully you guys will, I'm sure you will, uh, sparing, get out here and do it. Maybe a little West coast run or something. If you do, you have to bring fading signal though. Yes, dude. How, 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 how good is fading signal? 
Dude, my life is like incomplete so without having seen Fading Signal live. So yeah, um, they are. Uh, Jordan is like the best frontman in in all of North Carolina right now. For me, he he just controls the uh, the space that they're in and just takes it over. So yeah, Fading Signal got to be my favorite right now going on. So yeah, I definitely. If they go out there, they better take us and vice versa. <laughs> For sure. Um, okay, let's let's talk real quick about the playlist you made. Um, so I'm 30 and uh, <laughs> 30 years old, and um, yeah, that that took me back, man. Like um, the sales sin, especially um, you know, classic dude ranch song. Um, I don't know if you know that band, No Pressure, but uh, I saw oh, yeah. it. I've seen them a couple times now, but they covered Josie one of the times I saw him out here in L.A., and uh, it was pretty cool. But, yeah, great playlist. Um, I love when people make playlists because they're always so different. Um, so thank you. And, yeah, if you want to just say a couple things about the uh, the rock block that you made. Yeah, I've actually saw that video of No Pressure playing that, and it really – it kind of, like – pissed me off a little bit because it was like man they're doing it so good and that's like my favorite blink song of all time and i saw they were like they played that and then they played a fallout boy cover i think and i'm like oh my god yeah like but parker is like the best pop punk vocalist currently so i was like you can't sure, compete yeah. with him he just he just he, he knows how to do it. he lays it down um but uh yeah so i i was excited to, to talk about the rock block with you because i'm also 30 so I know we've got like oh, we yeah. are like the exact same time and place, just on different coasts, you know. Totally, yeah. Um, so yeah, I chose. Uh, I kind of did uh, the songs in a particular way. Um, it's kind of like my musical journey into, you know, the punk scene, I guess. So like, I started off with Blink and like those early punk bands like Green Day, Blink. Um, you know, just the basic stuff you probably find out on like Tony Hawk pro skater games or something when you're, you know, fifth grade, you know, just like the, 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 the mainstream punk bands. And then it was like right into yellow card and, uh, just like more bands like that, you know, Hawthorne um, Heights, man, Hawthorne Heights, <laughs> which was like, people don't really oh, realize but like those like that Hawthorne Heights and like the old fallout boy and stuff like that that was all over MTV growing up. Oh, totally. And dude. it was, it was inescapable. You know what I mean? So like, it's hard for me not to be influenced by those bands and still feel like nostalgic today for bands like Hawthorne Heights. Um, because of how, how much it was on my, in my brain. It was just like plugged in. It was just like, just an everyday thing. As soon as you get off out of school, you know, just I'm on the couch. I'm, I'm, I'm in some Hawthorne Heights on my TV. It's like, that was it. Yeah, hundred percent. It's dope that we're the same exact age because inexca inescapable or inescapable is a perfect way to describe that. Um, hundred percent, dude. When that song came out, the one uh, Hawthorne Heights was a band I never really got into, but that song came out. The one that's like, cut my, so cut my wrists and black my yeah. eyes. <laughs> I know that's yeah. like their most popular song, but dude, when that song came out, it was like the hugest. Like it was such a huge song, you know. You need to go back. You never got into them still, or you just, you I like, still haven't. No, no, yeah. just I'll have to go back and 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 like listen 
with a with different yeah. different a different mind and different ears now. It hits harder now. As a thirty year old, it hits like <laughs> way harder. Um, yeah, because like at the time, you know, it's just like Hawthorne Heights was kind of like that new thing. It was like I don't know. It was kind of kind of lame to listen to you know, this emo, this screamo stuff or whatever. And I'm like, you know, you're 13. You're like, I'm going to listen to the real stuff, you know, like not, not the screamo no, stuff. No, hundred percent. Not the hot topic stuff. <laughs> but like now, like going back and like with the, you know, 2020 vision, like seeing like all the bands that were popular in the day, it hit so much harder. So yeah, go back, listen to, listen to that record. The first one with the, okay. uh, uh, with that record, uh, cut my wrist and black my eyes song. Go check yeah. that one out. Dude, for sure. And it's funny now, like, yeah, because at that time, like, I was into skateboarding and, um, you know, getting into punk and like that at that time, like that music or emo kind of sounding music was like super lame, dude. You know, like if you like that, like the like I made fun of people that like that music. Exactly. And so I was there, too. (laughs) And so now, like in hardcore, it's so funny because there's. There's this huge, like, adjacent, hardcore, like, you know, kind of, like, world of where, like, that stuff is, like, worshipped by people. And it's, like, everyone loves it. And it's, like, you know, bands are are doing that sound and everyone loves it. But it's funny to think back when Hawthorne Heights came out and, you know, The Used and My Chemical Romance and, like... I was, like, man, that's, like, the fake Warp Tour. Like, those bands suck, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's definitely only people that are like our age would understand what that was like. It was like the kids that were wearing like the skinny jeans and like the hot chocolate belts your hair. and whatever. It was yeah, straightening their hair. I was like, this was not they were not the cool kids. And <laughs> but the, but the music is dope, you know. But those kids were not cool. But uh, maybe we all grew up to be cooler. I don't know. Like now yeah. it's like, well, we're adult, we're adults now. We can uh, we can enjoy the finer things in life, like Hawthorne Heights. <laughs> oh that's not awesome. be ashamed <laughs> that's awesome yeah but yeah um, it's not cky it's not like <laughs> you know like the true skate punk oh my god KY's and stuff we could go down an early 2000s rabbit hole right now man <laughs> better be careful <laughs> um but yeah uh everyone who's listening to this uh who's streaming this uh, this episode uh that playlist will will play as soon as the interview is over and um, there's an audio clip that you'll hear with all the bands and, and song names. Um, so yeah, thanks for that again. Um, so yeah, real quick, if you don't mind telling us uh, if there's any other bands that you play in and um, who the other members of Sparing are. Yeah, totally. So um, I guess technically I'm in another band still called 13th. Um, it's a hardcore band out of North Carolina, but it's kind of a hiatus without being on hiatus i guess uh the uh vocalist terry moved up to new york city area and um you know just by default he's just so far away that we haven't really been a functioning band um not that the, not that north carolina really needs us anymore either because of uh bands like fading signal and rapid fire and stuff they're kind of taking the torch um so just kind of focusing on sparing now and uh so you know i was listening to your uh, podcast with the uh, end on end um, earlier, and he was talking about, uh, Stan Allen was talking about how G.I. Bill is basically him and a revolving door of of his friends, and he's got to call up a homie. That's how it is for sparing, too. Yeah. Um, it's just me. Um, I hire a drummer to record with me and uh, just find a, whoever I can get, tag in, 
to play live shows, which is, you know, typically the same group of four or five guys from 13th from my hardcore band. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of just me. Um, it's on the records. It's just myself. And then uh, on the current record coming out, it's me and my buddy uh, Jonathan from uh, the band Dole Warning, who is also on Sunny Drive. So uh, we just kind of hold it down, man, just studio style and uh, play shows when you can. Dude, that's it's tough, though. Yeah, I, I imagine I imagine it would be tough, especially if you want to, uh, you know, play more than like one show in a weekend or something, you know? It's brutal. I mean, and I, I don't know if I really thought about it uh, whenever I created or started sparing, like how hard it would be. Because, again, I'm, I'm at the beach. I'm like two and a half, three hours away from people. So if we want to practice, I got to I got to get my ass in the car and drive all the way to the middle of the state. And uh, that's tough to do. Uh and then, like, you got so many work schedules, and just the older you get, man, it's hard to just drop and go. You know, when you're 21 or whatever, you can just be like, all right, yeah, man, I'll see you there and be there. <laughs> you don't have a family. You don't have, like, a wife or a husband or whatever. And, yep. you know, it just gets hard. But uh, it's it's still worth it. You know, it's, it's still, like, I'm still proud of the music I'm writing and think it's worth putting the time and money into getting out there. But you definitely got to look at it with a different set of eyes you know? Yeah, totally. No, I, I, I get that for sure. I mean, I'm not in a band, um, but all my friends are in bands and, um, I know from like my own life and, and, you know, planning things and doing stuff. It's, it's, yeah, it's like a lot different and, and hardcore punk music does not pay the bills. So (laughs) you gotta, you gotta work to, or, you know, I gotta work to survive so that I can have fun outside of, those times and and do that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's just a labor of love. Uh, you know, I I make this music and like, you know, put the money in to like have sick merch and, uh, records or whatever, whatever the medium is just in the hopes that someone will see it and grab it and just get excited about music. Like I was whenever I was like, you know, 13, 14. So I I know that I'm losing money doing it, but it doesn't, I don't even (laughs) think about the dollars. You know what I mean? I'm just like, thinking about just the songs you know just like trying to make the best songs i can and just try to get people to check it out you know if they do awesome if not then i don't feel like i wasted my time either totally man yeah dude anyone that's done anything diy and like punk or hardcore like knows that it's it's like a lose money or break even thing (laughs) i mean like yeah because i yeah every time i i invest in something whether it's like a a t-shirt or merch or you know, whatever, like I never go into it with the dollar signs anywhere in my vision. Cause you know, it is, it's a labor of love. And I, you know, and usually like if a homie doesn't have money to buy a shirt or something like, you know, it's like, well, whatever, dude, you, if you really want it, then, then take it. Cause that's why I did it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, here you go. Yes. And, uh, I've given away so much merch <laughs> dude, recently, Me too. <laughs> but, I'm with uh, you, but man. again, it's just like, it's like, uh, oh, you want a hoodie? All right. Well, I printed this hoodie. Like, I got a screen print thing at my house, so like, I'll, I'll print some of the the merch. So it's like, I didn't. This thing didn't cost me but like five bucks. Like, you want it, man? Just here. I, just, I want you to be. I want you to have this. <laughs> just take it. You almost gotta like force people to to, to take <laughs> merch from you. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I, I trust me. It's okay. Yeah, no, I I relate to that a lot. Um, but yeah, that's that's what's up. Um. So what made you like coming from playing in a hardcore band and, and, you know, we'll go back talk a little bit about your, your music history, but 
playing in a hardcore band, you know, what, what kind of made you want to do a band like Sparing? Um, it, it was really just like a way to, uh, to stay like creative. You know, I, I listened to mostly older records um, just by like default. I get pretty like jealous of like current bands just cause it's like, they're maybe like a little too close to home. Like just seeing people, I get FOMO very easy. So like I, I end up finding myself listening to older like 2003, 2004 records and uh, just like taking all that in. So I'm kind of like disjointed from what's happening currently, you know, um, for most of the time. And uh, I just used sparing like from 13th, the hardcore band, just like as an outlet to just kind of keep creative because I wasn't really a main uh, contributor to the songwriting process of that band. Um so I just was like, all right, let me write some songs that sound like what I listened to when I was younger. And just kind of, I just a way to like get my feelings onto paper or whatever, or mute melody in, in our, in our world. But uh, it was just out of necessity. I just wanted to be happy and creative. And I found myself like that. I am a happier person when I'm like working towards a goal and working towards like something. Um, and whenever I'm done with that thing, I start something new, you know what I mean? So, um, sparing just kind of came out of like a habit. And then like during COVID where like I got nothing but me and my computer and my laptop or whatever, it just kind of starts flowing out even more. And I was like, okay, I guess this is a thing now. But, uh, yeah. Dude, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Going back real quick to what you're saying about kind of just making something that you hope people are stoked about. Like I, I, I bump old dreams all the time. Um, Heck yeah. yeah, I love that record. I, I listen to it when I'm like working out and stuff too. Cause it's, yeah, I, I was telling my friend Tony, uh, just like, yeah, dude, like big, like just the feels, man. It's just got that, like, just got those, got those feels. And if you're listening to those records from that time era and turning that into something today, um, I definitely hear it. It's awesome. Yeah, so you just load it up like the most plates ever, and you hit the biggest deadlift of your life. You know, just <laughs> I to, like the, the poppiest song on my record. Just like, dude, colorblind. I'm getting. The, I'm lifting this five hundred. I actually no, don't. Kidding. I actually don't do deadlifts, but I was. Uh, I was working out legs yesterday and bumping it. Um, it was actually, it was, I was, it was actually peaking for me when I was doing, uh, like weighted lunges, you know what I mean? And I was like dying, yeah. but it was, it was fueling me, dude. I, it was, I love, I love it. Old dreams rocks like so much. Um, that's a, that's a, a sight I'm going to have burned in my brain for a while. Just you and lunges and my voice in your ears, I, but I appreciate and, it. Yeah. And lush man, just going, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> Um, it's the feels, man. No, it is. It is for sure. Um, yeah, man, you got to get yourself a, a a permanent band, and and so you can bring bring the music out as much as possible because it's really good. Yeah, easier I, I, said I, than done, though. I know I'm gonna teach my wife how to play bass or something, and then uh, <laughs> find a. I just gotta find a drummer. Like, truthfully, it's just that. So, if anyone's listening. Uh, in California, you want to move down here to Surf City? Uh, I'll give you a job, um, and then uh, you can play drums and sparing. There you go. <laughs> nice, um, right on. Well, that's that's a cool that's a cool like it's cool that 
that was your motivation to start the band and um but yeah, I know I kind of already did, but yeah, just want to give a shout out to uh to North Carolina and the scene there. Uh Jordy and and Fading Signal was kind of the first person I connected with from over there. Yep. Um just being a Fading Signal fan and and that music and and Rapid Fire, Mike from Rapid Fire I interviewed them and No Longer at Ease yep. is a great band. Um over there too just a cool scene um just kind of like if you have any you know anything more to say or or just you know what it's like to be playing music there and you know you guys probably play on some mixed bills you know i would imagine um with the sparing sound yeah i mean sparing is kind of there's no not really many bands that sound like what i'm doing in north carolina i mean uh dull morning is about the closest but they're they're heavier than we are they're like more i don't know um more on like the metal side of uh of post-hardcore where where we might be on the more pop punk side of post-hardcore um but yeah i mean it's it's really just like north carolina being like a central hardcore like traditional hardcore sound um so yeah we play a ton of mixed bills um the we we played this show with Fading Signal and Rapid Fire, and uh, I think the last two shows we played with, with, with Rapid Fire. Um, so it's always good to see those guys, and everyone's just so supportive of each other. So that's a cool thing. Uh, it makes you want to keep playing shows, and it it, it doesn't like they don't feel like local shows because everyone's there, and everyone knows their each other's lyrics, and everyone's going hard for each other, and it just really makes it feel special, you know. Even if it is just our little world, I really do think North Carolina's got like the one of the best scenes happening right now. It's just kind of hidden, you know, not a lot of people know about it, but uh, I mean, fading signals making its way to California right now. So um, you're hearing it somehow. <laughs> so uh, there's hope for, for little bands like sparing, you know, just to be heard outside of our little town, you know? Yeah, totally, man. Yeah. I, I really, I really appreciate um, what you said about like those, because our local shows here, the same kind of thing, you know, it's like, um, I think like California, like everything in California right now is kind of getting overshadowed by like the Bay, which isn't a bad thing, but you know, you got like Drain, Scowl, Gulch, like all those, all those big yeah. bands, um, uh, which, tsunami. yeah, Tsunami. Yeah. Like shout out to them, like all nothing but love and respect, but it's like, yeah, we have a cool seen down further south and those are those you know local shows like that are the best because all the homies know each other's lyrics everyone's going wild everyone's singing mm. along there's you know most of the time there's no stage actually pretty much all the time there's no stage <laughs> um and those are the best man I, I i love that i love that stuff yeah um i know we're, we'll circle back to the new record but on the on the record that we got coming out uh, I wrote a song called Slip Away. It's the last song on the record. And it's kind of talking about what, what you were mentioning, you know, like um, you've got like your popular spots. And just because you're in this one little section, like you kind of feel like no one's noticing, you know, and the the song is kind of about uh, coming to terms and being happy with where you're at right now. And like, you know, being happy with and, and knowing that you got all you need right here. You know, it didn't have to be the Bay. You know, you don't have to be yeah. listening to, to Gulch or whatever to have a great music scene. You know, just pick up a guitar and write something and like people are going to listen. And it's it's it, it's more 
special and unique whenever it's organic like that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That's a, that's a great, that's a great inspiration for a song and a great like idea for a song too. Cause I, you know, it's like, yeah, as we're talking about this, I'm like, Oh yeah. So what if I, if I walk away from every local show feeling fulfilled and feeling like I did when I was a teenager, when this music really started, you know, when I really started connecting to this music, then who cares about anything else? You know? It can't all be sound and fury, you know, as, as cool as, as cool as that is, you're not going to get 5,000 people at every show. It's just not happening. Yeah. So yep. you got to make the little shows matter too. And North Carolina, definitely they do like the no longer at ease guys and fading signal, all those guys, they sing sparing's words, like right back at me. They make me feel way cooler than I am. And, uh, <laughs> without those guys without people like that it it wouldn't be worth it but it is because you know people just support the little ones so it's cool yeah that's what's up man that's awesome um yeah we'll definitely um talk about the new record that you have coming out uh but just wanted to ask you a little bit about um so you said you grew up in north carolina your whole life right yeah yeah whole life uh i grew up in a little town called sanford north carolina which I don't know if you're familiar with uh, like professional wrestling at all, but uh, like the next town over is where the Hardy boys are from Matt and Jeff Hardy. Okay. Um, and I lived in the same neighborhood as the Hardy boys growing up. So that's kind of it. That's like your claim to fame is uh, <laughs> just some, some pro wrestling baby. So are you talking like WWE? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So when I was younger, I was big like SmackDown and and uh, Raw. I mean, those were, you know, Sting and The Undertaker and all that stuff. But I kind of fell away from wrestling. Um, I know it's still popping though. I know that Raw and SmackDown are still popping, right? Yeah, I mean, it's still definitely happening. I know like uh, uh, Brody King from God's Hate. He's a wrestler. Um, yep. He was. He just played the sold out. Uh, sold out. Uh, sound of fury and uh but yeah i mean it's definitely still still a thing but yeah sanford is a little blip on the radar here it's, there's not much going on there so you had to venture out to to find new music and uh be happy with uh you know it, it was like just leonard skinner and stuff growing up it was like <laughs> not, you, you had to you had to work hard to find the the real punk stuff it was not easy yeah. Yeah. I remember, I know, I remember interviewing Jordy. We talked a lot about that, that, you know, he was a big country fan. Cause that was kind of a lot of like what you're surrounded with growing up in a, exactly. in a place like that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you kind of just listen to what your parents listen to, you know? Totally. Um, are you a sports fan? I'm a hockey fan. I like, are uh, you a Canes fan? I'm a Canes fan, dude. Man. Respect, Sebastian. Is that blasphemy? No, no, no. Sebastian Ajo's my guy on 2K, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude, Ajo is the goat. Yeah, yeah. I got a, uh, a division champions hat. I'm looking at right now. So yeah, man, the Canes, baby. That's like the only thing I watch is the uh, is the Hurricanes, and that's all I really care about. It's uh it's the only thing that keeps me keeps my interest, other than like wrestling stuff. It's like football is just too slow. Yeah, baseball, I like I played baseball growing up so it's like it's just i don't know it just it bores me now but like hockey is like that's hits the spot man and the canes are sick yeah best team ever straight up dude yeah the canes rock and um hockey is super fun to watch like it's it's so entertaining um 
my roommate is the head coach of a of I, a college ice hockey team here where we live. So he's like, oh, a, wow. yeah, big time hockey head. And so I got really into hockey this year and I watched so much hockey. Um, and it was fun, dude, like watching just all the way through playoffs and every game I watch yep. is, is entertaining. So, yeah, shout out to the Canes. They got to get themselves. They're cl- they're so close, man. They're they're climbing their way towards towards the Stanley Cup. I feel like it's brutal being a being a Canes fan, but like uh, you know, growing up, I mean, they won the cup when I was in like ninth grade, and then it was just terrible ever since. So uh, the last few years have been fun. So I, I'm I'm happy with how we're going, and we just need Aho to put the team on his back and uh, <laughs> grab a cup. That's right. Um, yeah. So so I also played uh, baseball growing up played baseball my whole life love baseball but uh what was your life like growing up did you like play sports and like what kind of like yeah what was your life like growing up yeah it was cool man it was very simple uh you know mom and dad i got a twin brother um so we kind of did everything uh together you know whether that be like baseball um karate like just whatever like we could get our hands into um, like, so like life pre music, it was just, um, hitting the beach, going surfing, you know, live, uh, going camping. I know you're going camping soon. Um, <laughs> yep. uh, but yeah, just, uh, just being outside and just enjoying nature and, and stuff. But that's how it was in the nineties. You know, there was like just you and you had a game boy, you know, but there wasn't like anything, there was no social media, there was no anything. So you're just like plugged in man just living life and it was awesome i wish i could go back to be honest dude um, yeah shout out to the 90s man <laughs> dude, shout out to the 90s and i just want to i want to go back and watch uh legends of the hidden temple and guts and double dare just take me back brother dude the 90s were so sick like looking back on it now especially like sports in the 90s like yes yeah steroid them up dude just <laughs> shoot them up let barry bonds hit some yeah, was like I don't care, dude. I would tune into baseball right now if they were like if, if Barry Bonds was on there shooting up, just write it out, huh? dropping bombs. Please, that's like, awesome. That's what I signed up for. Maybe that's why I don't like baseball. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Um, so yeah, when did you kind of start um, gravitating towards like music, like as something that really caught your attention, like like some you know. Like, when did you really start listening to music where you're like, oh, I really, really like this band or I really, really like this record? Yeah. It was definitely around, like, middle school. Um, so, I mean, like, growing up, we always loved music. Like, my mom uh, my mom sings. Uh, so, she's she always, like, had music around the house, whether that was, like, Michael Jackson or, like, uh, Fleetwood Mac, Journey, just, like, your classic stuff, you know? Um she was big into like funk music, so like Stevie Wonder and um and Earth Wind and Fire, stuff like that. Um, but like sixth grade hit and I started riding the bus to school and I swear like people on the bus they were listening to like Slipknot and like Mudvayne, like these like crazy <laughs> like static X. It was like industrial bands and stuff, and I was like, Man, what and what is X. this world? Yeah. My my journey into music is like Probably like a lot of people's, but probably like people are like, what the, this six year, this guy in sixth grade was listening to like <laughs> Slipknot and stuff. Um, but that was just like, you know, you were listening to something that you never heard before and it was like opening your eyes up. Um, and then just like 
playing video games, you know, like I said earlier, like Tony Hawk and just like hearing uh, uh, Goldfinger, like hearing like ska bands and stuff oh for the first God. time, like hearing like real punk bands for the first time. And even like old school rap, like I remember there was like NWA and stuff on those games and just like I was just consuming it all, you know, and uh, popular radio still was very guitar driven, you know, so like you were just hearing Blink and Sum 41 and Good Charlotte and stuff every day. And it was like, OK, now I'm starting to understand like what I like and what I, what's what I personally really like. Um, and I remember in sixth grade, I bought uh, the first CD I remember buying with my own money was a Good Charlotte CD. Yes. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> yes, I heard it. I was, Let's go. I was queuing that up to play like at the, <laughs> That's so funny that you caught that just by the drum intro. <laughs> we got we got the sound effects. I, I need a soundboard for uh your life in America. I just need like some ska hits and <laughs> That's so sick. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like uh, it was definitely like sixth grade probably when it started switching. And I, I started listening to uh, just those early pop punk bands. Um, that was just like what I was gravitating towards at the time. Uh, and it, obviously, like just from sparing, it still made an impact on me today, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, Static X and Mudvayne. It's so it's so cool to talk to somebody who's like exactly the same age as me because all that stuff just like all those name drops just totally take me back. <laughs> it's awesome. Did, did you get did you get go through a metal phase or were you like no? More, I was uh, I was Lincoln Park. Well, I had Hybrid Theory for sure. I had that CD. My mom worked at Target, so like I would always go oh, there. Cool. I would always go there and check out like the new releases. You know, and I was always like a big yeah. deal, like to see new releases and buy the CDs. And uh, yeah, I remember buying Hybrid Theory when it came out. But no, it was more like my household growing up was like Sublime, Red Hot Chili Peppers, okay. you know, Bad Religion, No Effects, Social Distortion, like that kind of stuff. Um, and I grew up right next to a, a little, a little like a little venue called the Showcase Theater, which was like a huge destination for touring like punk and hardcore bands. And so wow. I just started going there and that's how I got into it. But, um, but again, like talking radio, like I listened to alternative rock on the radio because like that was, you know, I mean, we had like LimeWire and stuff, but sure. But like I listened to a what lot did, of music on the radio. What did, do you remember what you were jamming when you were like sixth, seventh grade or what you, your first CD? Yeah, totally. Um, in sixth and seventh grade, it's <laughs> so funny, dude. I was really into Rancid in sixth grade. Um, nice. It's like when that Indestructible record had just came out. Um, Good Charlotte, um, Rancid, Good Charlotte, Green Day, um, and then uh, the Transplants. <laughs> okay, man, I wish I, I wish I was actually. I didn't know about a lot of those like real like no effects um type bands you know like the real um fat records bands i, I just wasn't on my radar at all i think it's because where i grew up you know i was like it's a little southern suburban town like i, I could tell you who the dixie chicks were or who alan jackson <laughs> was but i i had no idea who freaking uh uh who rancid was you know what i mean <laughs> yeah no totally um yeah and then skateboarding too like through skate videos in eighth, like eighth grade, I got really into like classic rock, like Led Zeppelin, The Verve, um, 
yeah. ACDC, um, Bob Dylan, you know, I really liked the band Hole. <laughs> you know, I'd say like total like stoner skateboarding, like, yeah. you know, so, um, yeah, man, it's cool. It's cool to, thanks for asking that. That's cool. Um, I usually don't share about that stuff that often. So thanks for I'm asking. Force it out of you. <laughs> yeah, we're too, we're too close in age to not, yeah. I kind of like, I'm very, <laughs> I'm very interested to know like, what was he doing on the West coast when I was <laughs> listening to this stuff? Cause like every, yeah. everything that came out, you were seeing too, you know? Yeah, totally. What was the, was guitar like the first instrument you learned? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, guitar was the first instrument, um, and only instrument I can't play a lick of anything else, but, uh, it was like seventh grade and it was like, man, this is going to sound silly, but like right when school of rock came out, you know, and, uh, great movie. It was like, yeah, very influential when you're 12 years old, you know, uh, I was getting these magazines that were uh musician's friend, I think is what it was called. And just like looking in the magazine at the, like the SG that, uh, uh, ACDC, uh, guy has and i was like man i gotta get me an sg and i was like i didn't know what it was i couldn't play guitar i was like i gotta get that and uh at the time in my town there was a sam goody which is like a fye fye now um yeah and they sold guitar amp like guitar combo amps and, and guitars it was like 100 bucks you got a squire bullet and an amp and i remember like i was like i want this for my birthday and i guess i was like turning 12 you know whatever seventh grade is and i was like that's all i want and uh that's they they got it for me and like that was it man i quit playing baseball that same year <laughs> it was like all right Did this you, is all i need to do now you got the sg no 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 i got a squire oh, okay. bullet which is okay like a, got um, you got you yeah like a strat like a stratocaster yeah i never i did get an sg but when i was like 22 okay Dude, I don't have it anymore. But yeah, it was sick. Jack Black made that SG look like the coolest freaking guitar in the world, man. Straight up. The color, just the whole like, yeah, no, I remember that too, thinking that like that is a clean looking, awesome guitar. Yeah, it was just guitar just seemed like the thing to get. And um, like I said earlier, I got a twin brother and uh, he got a drum set um, for that. So we, we ended up like bringing a drum set and guitar into the house and like we would just play you know acdc and metallica stuff you know like i don't know just your typical guitar band type stuff and uh it was sick man i was like you found my calling kind of thing you know yeah uh, that's awesome it's what, I, it's what i needed you know like there was nothing else to do in the town but uh you know i could i could be at the house and play guitar and look in tab books and stuff and just be happy yeah that's awesome Jam sessions are the best, man. I, for sure. Um, so what about like hardcore? Did you, did you eventually like start listening to hardcore at some point? Yeah. So like I said, it was like, it took a while for me to kind of get into like what I would consider real hardcore music. Um, just because of where I was, it was like, I knew what was on the TV. I knew like the pop punk stuff. I knew some 41 good Charlotte and fallout boy and whatever. Um, but I wasn't like listening to it actively. I was like, nah, that's, that's lame. That's not, that's not what I am. I'm metal. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. listen, listening to like, you know, Gojira and Mastodon and all these like metal bands. Totally. And, uh, that was just what I was into at the time. Um, and then like come 2007 and 2008, it was just like a different 
kind of landscape. It was more of the metalcore stuff was kind of getting popular. Um, a lot of bands that you probably look back and be cringy now, but it was like definitely a cultural thing. Very, you know, very uh, popular. Suicide Silence, like yes, all those. White Chapel. Yep. Yeah. You know exactly the scene. Like people are going <laughs> to yeah. pretend like that wasn't the most popular thing. Dude, ever. that was. It was. It was, it was live, was it. man. Yeah, for sure. So it was like, you know, the Casey Strain and yep. stuff like that. It's like, this is, that's all you really knew. And there was like, until like I was, I figured out who Have Heart was. I was like, I didn't know what hardcore really was. And then like, once I did listen to Have Heart and start looking up their influences, like, you know what? I've been listening to this stuff the whole time. You know, I was listening to like the Misfits and Black Flag and Minor Threat, but only because it was like, that was Metallica was influenced by Danzig. So I guess I need to listen to the Misfits and, you know, you know, like Nirvana listened to this band and like, I, I, I like Nirvana. So I'm going to like, you know, the Melvins and you know what I mean? So it was like, totally, I just didn't yeah. know what I was listening to um, until I found out until like the it, 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 have heart was the band that kind of broke it for me. And then I was like, okay, now I'm in. And it was like, just did the bridge nine deep dive. <laughs> Dude. Um, <laughs> We're like the same person. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I was saying like 2008 and nine, it was just hard to escape that sound. And then, Brid- and then bridge kinda, nine, bridge nine was the label dude bridge nine was like like triple b well, triple b for, yeah now now like bridge nine was the label for sure yeah i had a bridge nine sticker on my car when i was 16 and like h2o sticker like that was like i was like okay i can get by h2o because it was like it sounded like pop punk to me it was like this is hardcore but it's not they're like they're singing like i like this and then it was start finding bands that were kind of more like that, which was like at the time, like set your goals and, you know, just kind of hardcore influence pop punk. And I kind of like broke through with those two like worlds. I was like, all right, I'm in hardcore. I'm in pop punk. I see, I see that lane. I like both of this. And I just kind of, just kind of kept riding the lane for a while. For sure. Um, okay. This is a new, a new segment that's came to the show by popular demand of the listeners. So, okay. <laughs> um, are you a mosher? <laughs> I am. I am not a mosher. I. <laughs> so I'm like five foot seven. I'm like tiny, and uh, I, I did whenever I was younger. I did get like spin kicked in the head, and uh, like knocked out, and uh, that was my last time ever moshing in my life. Um, Respect. But I do stage dive, so I, I like oh, to... Oh, you're a monster uh, then, dude. Stage diving's monster. Yeah. Does that count? And dude, I, I mean, don't know if it on, counts. On this show, it counts, because we've done this segment many times, and it's it counts, <laughs> so yeah. All right, well, I, I like a good front flip onto the crowd. You oh, know? my God, dude. That's a that's a top-tier mosh move. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good at that. I'm, I'm not very... I don't weigh that much, so I'm, like, I'm not going to land on someone and break their neck, you know, so I feel pretty <laughs> safe that... You know, as long as they're like a cushion, you know, I'll, I'll do a little, you know, a little jump and a little flip over for some title fight or something, you know, just like hit a little spin. <laughs> there you go, man. So would you say the front flip dive is your favorite mosh move? That's the one, dude. Yeah, because I can la- I can do the full rotation, you know, so I land on my feet. You know, I'll, I don't feel like I'm going to crack my head on the cement at a venue. Yeah, you know, I've definitely. But, but it's, go it's got to be right. The stage has to be like a little bit higher. 
I need to like jump off a wedge and like, you know, there's a, there's a definitely a sweet spot. I know when, when it's right, it's right. And I'll, I'll be all right. I'll do it. Yeah. I've, I've, uh, I've tried, I've attempted the front flip dive and not made the full rotation and landed <laughs> and landed like on my, the back of my neck and it's not good. <laughs> Dude, yeah, if you're if you've mastered the front flip dive, you're you're in the top tier mosh, dude. Okay. For sure. Well, I mean it's it's not far off from crowd surfing, you know, you just gotta make the flip, you know, just yeah. Just commit, dude. Just do it, just just roll onto the people. You're good. You for got sure. It. Yeah, one step closer uh did a title fight cover at Sound and Fury and it was it was pretty awesome. Oh. It was cool. Yeah, I saw that. Um Well they're from uh they're from that area, I think, right? They're yeah. Wilkes Bear. Yeah. For sure. Um, so all right. Well, thanks for, thanks for nerding out with me on all that stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about the new, uh, the new sparing record. Um, like I said before, uh, old dreams is a great record. Um, just Same. feel like you're nailing, just nailing that sound. Like it's just, you know, it's recorded so well. It's, you know, everything's very clean and on point. Um, your, your vocals are, are great. The lyrics are Lyrics, you know, the lyrics at home, um, old dreams is, is awesome. But I know you're, you know, you got, uh, no room left to grow, which is a sick, uh, which is a sick name for a record. Um, that's a very like human condition type thing. You know what I mean? At least for me, like, um, yeah. like, yeah, I'm, I'm sober in recovery for a while now. Um, I'm a counselor for a living. Awesome. So like, yeah, thank you. Um, so that kind of stuff, like when I, you know, I, especially the lyrics for, for sparing, I really like, they're, they're really good. And I really relate to a lot of them. Um, so I appreciate, you know, like, cause, uh, uh, you know, no room left to grow. It's like, that's like, okay. So yeah, no room left to grow. Like, I hope I don't ever really live the rest of my life. Like, that. <laughs> you know, like mm -hmm. I remember thinking, seeing that title and I'm like, dude, that's, I, I like stuff like that. That kind of makes me think about you know, kind of think about like what it means and what it means to me in my own life. So, um, yeah, if you want to, yeah, just... it's definitely, uh, it's definitely a multifaceted, like, uh, sentence. So like it can totally. mean a lot of things like, you know, there, and on the record, it's like, I talk about it from a few different aspects, like the, the title track, no room left to grow. It's kind of from like a perspective of like a failed marriage or like a failed relationship, but it's like, what's the point of trying, you know, I, I can't try anymore. I've tried, I've already tried, you know, there's no, there's no room left for me to grow because I've tried that already, you know? So it's kind of like, it can be from that point of view. It can be from like the point of view of like, I've, you know, like from your, from your situation, like you, you've recovered, you're, you're already onto the better part of your life. You know, like I've already maxed out, you know, there's no room left for me to grow because I can't go back, you know? Um, I don't know. It's just like a cool, cool line i don't know how Dude, where i came no where i came up with that line it's great and in terms of like the relationship thing it's awesome because yeah there it is it can be like a a positive thing and a really hard thing to do where you're like okay i've i've given my like utmost like you know healthy effort to this thing and there's just there's just no room for it to go anywhere anymore you know there's just no room left no I shouldn't be giving myself to this yes. anymore but I also I think yeah I think I also think of it in the way of like 
like, oh, I got this all figured out. There's no room left for me to gorilla. Like in a close minded way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like oh, yeah. I, like, no, I'm good. Like, I, I'm, I'm done. Like, I don't, I'm not going to feel those things or talk about that because, like, I'm good. Like, I'm not, you know, I think about it in that way too. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I don't, it's kind of exciting to see, like, how, it, like, the, how the songs I wrote relate to people in their own way, you know, because, you know, I write, stuff that's kind of not completely like my life it's just like i take certain aspects of my life and kind of make a story just like an author in a book would you know it's not like i I don't do things that are so close to home where it's going to be like hard to listen to the song you know but for someone on the other end you know they might hear it and it'll speak to them in a different way and that's like the best type of songwriting to me it's like ones that might not have a meaning per se but it's open-ended you know you you make the meaning yourself you know? Yeah, totally. But, um, um, yeah, one of the first interviews I ever did was from, uh, with Jeremy from the band Fury and, um, very good. Yeah. We, we, I, it was like a crazy one, like crazy interview for me. Cause Paramount, their record is, I love that record. Yeah. And, and we talked a lot about that and I'll never forget that. And he said, basically you write a song, you make a song and it's heard in a million different ways. You know, yeah, for real. And, uh, I always remember that because I think it's so true, you know, and kind of like goes to what you're saying right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about the record. Um, Old Dreams is great. Like I, I, I see Old Dreams more as like a, a foot in the door. Like it helped me kind of get from the point of like a solo project into like a, a realm where people might take it a little bit more seriously. Um, and uh we it signed us on the Sunday drive, which is sick. And now I feel a little bit more plugged into the community that I was trying to aim for. But like with this one, you know, like I, I really feel like I've written the best guitar riffs I could and, and, and did the best lyrics I could write and, you know, just did the best I could. You know, I, I, when I'm 30 years old, like, I feel like there's not much, there's no room left for me to grow for lack of a better word, but the, the, I don't know which, how many more records I got in me. You know what I mean? Like, this one could be the last or the next one or whatever, but I got to treat each one like it's the last, you know? So I, I put a lot of myself into this one and I'm excited for people to hear it because I really feel like it's the best stuff I've ever done. You know what I mean? Um, That's not trying to be like cocky or anything. It's just like, I'm proud of what I've worked on, you know? Um, And if it, if it blow, if it sucks, then (laughs) at least I'm happy with it, you know, but uh, yeah, just give it away for free. Like we do with everything else. <laughs> Dude, it was like, okay, yeah. If the vinyl doesn't, if the vinyl doesn't sell, just hit my DMs. I'm going to send you one for, for free. Uh, um, That's a promise. Last thing real quick. Uh, if you want to say something about uh, the new record, like sonically, if, if kind of like what, what sounds you, what sounds you have on it that might be a little different or anything you, you yeah. did differently. Yeah. Um, well, like I said before, uh, it was, um, um, the drummer on the record was my buddy Jonathan uh, from Dole Morning, and uh, he crushed it, man. He he did such a good job on the drums for this record. And um, I, the way I write songs at that at my house is just me and a drum machine, and I and I have demos, but they're like they're very bare bone on the drum side. And he really put a whole lot of like unique stuff into the song. So he he helped me mold it into a something I think really people are gonna really you know, like, so shout out to Jonathan. Um, but I kind of just kind of tapped into that post-hardcore 2003, um, 
you know, Simpsons fail Thursday, um, Hawthorne Heights type uh, mindset um, for this record. So Old Dreams is definitely like, I was like hinting at some stuff like that, but it was just like, that's not where I was in my head, you know, but this record, I feel like it's more mature. Um, songs go a little bit harder and lyrics go a little bit harder. And I just kind of put more emphasis on making songs that are memorable and p- lyrics that people could sing along to and just, you know, kind of just went at it as if it was something you could listen to on uh, MTV in 2003, you know? So I hope it <laughs> rings out to that, you know? That's awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. That, that's awesome, man. Um, all right, well, uh, that hour went by so fast, um, and we're on radio time, so I got to get off the air here. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Zach, thanks so much, man. Really, like, truly, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, excited to hear the record. Excited for your, you guys to make it out to California at some point. Um, and if you want to just give any, yeah, any shout outs, any, anything else to closing thoughts, favorite bands people should listen to, anything like that, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on, uh, on Kaza. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, it means a lot to have me on, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you can check out sparing on all the social medias it's at sparing band um or sparingband.com um that'll link you to everything spotify apple music and uh like i said the pre-orders go up in a week uh, there'll be vinyl drop a new t-shirt uh, and then that new music video so one week from today check back into the sparing camp and uh and listen to the new track it mean the world to me and uh hope y'all dig it and yeah, appreciate it. No doubt, man. All right. Well, hope you have a, a good rest of your Tuesday. Go Canes. Yes, I'll be te- Go Canes, I'll, baby. Yeah, I'll be, te- Go <laughs> I'll be texting you during hockey season for sure, man. Please do. All right. And everybody's streaming, uh, listening to this on streaming platform. Uh, you're about to hear the the rock block that we talked about earlier. Um, the fire rock block. That's yeah. right. All right, Zach. Peace out, man. All right, Dylan. Thanks, man. Later. Josie from Blink-182, Life of a Salesman from Yellow Card, Walking Downtown from Copeland, Pens and Needles from Hawthorne Heights, and Third Measurement in C from Salesen.
Was a man of 